dear chief, much has happened since we last spoke. Welcome to Dear Chief Podcast, where your hosts and their guests share the 411 of being married to the people who respond to 911s. Take a peek into fire family life and get unabashed advice on how to prevent forest fires in your marriage. Now, here's your hosts, two seasoned firewives, Audra and Chelsea. I'm always excited when we have return guests on the show, and today is no exception. We brought back Shannon, better known as on social media as school counselor on fire. Last time we had her on the show, she gave us the 411 on teaching resilience, supporting and encouraging our teens through the pandemic. And today we are touching bases to see where we are now and how we can best support our kiddos as they transition to not wearing masks in school and everything that comes along with the endemic phase of COVID-19. Shannon, hi. Hi. How are you? Good. So excited to be back. Thanks for having me again. So Shannon is a happily married firewife, 22 years. Her professional role is a high school counselor and her husband's a fire captain in their hometown. And they both share a strong love and desire to get back to their hometown, which is why they live and work locally. Shannon has a special place in her heart for all the things all things social justice and believes in the power that we all have to make a difference in someone's life in their free time, which is probably not very much right now. She and her husband like to spend time as a family, go to the beach and exercise. Yeah. So first of all, how are the kids doing since we're technically still in a pandemic and you know, we've got a war going on and politics and just all this constant negativity coming at us for the past two years. You tell us how the children are doing. Well, um, I think you like touched on something important. We still are in a pandemic, even though um, probably the majority of everyone is over this. Um, I know that I can agree with that as well. Um, But um, I would say that the kids are, um, they're doing okay. I mean, today was our first day with um, masks. Masks are now optional. So you come to school as you feel comfortable, right? So for everybody in school, staff members, students. And so um, I was very curious to go to work today just to kind of see like, you know, are students still going to be wearing masks? Are staff members still going to be wearing masks? And I would say it's about um, probably 60% of people are not wearing masks. And then about 40% are still wearing masks. So Um, Yeah, I think my high schooler said pretty much the same thing. They had like a uh 60-40, maybe. Yeah, they said they were surprised how many people were still wearing their masks, actually. So that was interesting. But I suspect as the week goes on, it'll get a little less, I don't want to say scary, but a little more. They might bring their guard down a little bit. Um, So I agree. Like teach, you know, being at the high school level, um, like, you know, students are older and so they make, they make more of their own choices. Um, and so I was surprised to see about 40% um, still wearing masks. So I think it just depends on their comfort level. Um, and so 
<clears throat> our district did a really good job of putting out a communication a couple of weeks ago to all families and just basically like saying, you know, um, like we have to be respectful on whatever side you're on, right? If you choose to still wear a mask, like people need to be respectful towards that. If someone is choosing not to wear a mask, like you need to be respectful towards that as well, because everybody is in a different um, like level of comfort and situation, right? With where we're at as far as masks go. How do you think that social media is going to play into that? Into wearing masks or in like the respect level? And there is both. Like, do you okay. think, yeah, both. Um, I don't, I mean, I think honestly kids are like, um, they're influenced, you know? And so I think a lot of it is like, who, who do they surround themselves with? Um, and that starts like at home, right? So, I mean, we all, um, send messages right to our own kids whether we're on like one side or we're on the other side you know if we have like kind of those polarizing views on things so I think a lot of it starts there but then they're also influenced by what they see on social media so maybe people that they follow they might kind of take their lead um, I mean the community that I'm in I feel like people are pretty respectful like overall whether you choose to wear the mask or not wear the mask um, so I don't really see it being like too much of a problem, but then again, like it's just day one today. So I think kind of like what Audra's saying is like, maybe, but as the week goes on or as time goes on, um, maybe less and less people might be wearing masks. And so then it could be like, if you choose to continue to wear a mask, maybe you stand out a little bit. Um, and maybe, especially with teenagers, they might feel like that peer pressure too perhaps not wear it, even though maybe that's not where their comfort level is. Have you, I mean, I know it's just day one, but have you experienced any students being really anxious about like wanting to not wear their mask, but also not wanting people to be able to see their face again? Um, not, I haven't experienced that overall, but I just think um, because like those that aren't wearing masks right now, they weren't even really wearing them properly in the first place. So like, I mean, and even that even goes with adults, you know, like, so even at schools, like there's even adults who don't wear their masks properly, you know, like their nose is out half the time or they just forget or whatever. So I don't know that it's so much like the anxiety of like their face not being seen as um, like, it just was really apparent today that if they were not wearing a mask, like they were just not wearing a mask, but if they were wearing it, they were wearing it properly. So again, kind of like that polarized type of. Yeah, they, have, they made sure it was really on correctly. Otherwise, they were like, yeah, not bothering. That's good. Um, how do you think the kids are doing like overall? Like emotionally and socially? Mm -hmm. um, not well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the year and a half that we were at home, I think that that took a really um, heavy toll on a lot of students um, just because, you know, we've talked about this in the previous episode, like we don't know what your support system is at home or if you even have one. Um, and so a lot of them were like isolated and then also just like not really engaged in school. And so now that we're back at school, I mean, we were in school that whole time. We just weren't in the school buildings. Um, like I've noticed that a lot of students are just kind of struggling to like 
accept that we're back in school. Like you need to be um, doing your schoolwork, like engaged right into what's going on, um, be present. And it's just still not really happening. Um, so I don't know if part of it is just like, because they were home for so long, they just got used to that. But I also do know that like, um, depending on the district's kind of like what their protocol was for when kids were exposed. So like at the beginning of the school year and up until just a couple of months ago, um, you know, some kids were having to be out like 10 days at a time and they didn't have COVID, but that's just like what the protocol was. So then that's, I'm sure it's frustrating for the kids as well. Right. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm missing 10 more days of school and falling further behind. But I would say that like socially, emotionally, academically, it's been a struggle for sure. We just had our, uh, two of our kids out for five days because they both got colds and our district policy is, you know, come to school if you have symptoms. So right here we are five days later, they aren't, they don't have COVID, but they still can't go to school. Right. Um, yeah. So I know as far as that goes, it is a struggle, like getting back into the routine, making up all the work that they missed for the last five days, you know, all the things. So I can't even like, I can't even imagine being these kids right now. I just yeah. can't. Yeah. And depending on the grade level they're in, right. Because like when you're in high school, you're, you're earning credits and those credits are accumulating because you're working towards graduation. So if you're not in school, then it's very difficult to pass your classes so that you can earn the credits so you can earn a diploma. Yeah. Luckily here, they have that pretty, pretty locked down um, for high school. They're still on Google um, and so they can, you know, they can still get their lecture if they want it online, they have access to their assignments. Um, so high school wise here, I think it's a little easier to stay. I mean, if you're studious, at least, um, to stay caught up. Um, right. but yeah, for our middle school kids, it's, it's more difficult because they don't necessarily have that as tight in the middle school as they do at the high school level. Yeah. And how are the teachers doing? Um, I would say struggling. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just been like, it's just been very emotionally draining during this time. Um, like, you know, we're a, we're a fair sized district. We have about 22,000 students. So, I mean, you know, when teachers become exposed, like they have to go out and then, you know, that puts strain on um, just like getting those classes covered. So, like everywhere there's a teacher shortage, everywhere there's a sub shortage. Um, and so I think it's just been very difficult. And I mean, depending on like the district um, leadership that you may have, like you could be in a district that they're just like, okay, we're back. Everything's normal, right? Like air, air quotes normal. And we're just going to keep like pushing forward. Um, but the reality is, it's like, again, we're still in a pandemic, like hopefully we're towards the end of it, but that doesn't mean that these past two years have not had an effect on everyone that's involved in education. Yeah, I think that's the hardest part for us in our district is the, the mindset of like almost, I don't want to say ignoring or pretending like it didn't happen maybe and just, it's like we're just full, full throttle continuing, mm -hmm. you know, benchmarks and standards and it's like well wait a minute 
forget the last two years, these kids have been at home and operating on Zoom. And unfortunately, a lot of them have been um, maybe uh, convincing their grade a little bit. Uh, I don't know how to put that nicely other than saying cheating um, to get, you know, to make sure they're getting that A because they don't want to participate or they're depressed or anxious or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's unfortunately a lot easier to cheat when you're at home. So absolutely. I think it's, it's frustrating. It's been frustrating for us, I think for sure. Um, Yeah. And I think touching like bases on what you're saying about the testing. And I know that that's not really like a district, um, yeah, like decision, obviously that's, it's above them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reality is, is like, what are we testing? Like, are we testing to show that there's been learning loss? I think any educator can tell you that there's learning loss. Um, But then, you know, I do fall back on like, if they're all behind, is anybody really behind? Or is this just like where we're at? So there is a mentality out there of like, okay, let's just keep pushing forward. Um, But at some point, like, (laughs) you're probably going to have to remediate for what was like, again, lost. because that was a year and a half of students working from home, right? It's, it's never going to be the same as them being in, in the school building with the teacher in front of them. No, right. I thought it was really, I think it's really interesting because we have like the polar opposite of what Ardra has here. We, we obviously have to do benchmarks, but they're basically saying, you know, everybody's going to fail it. So it doesn't really matter. We're just going to throw the results out mm-hmm. and we're going to keep moving forward as if we know everyone is behind. And so they cut out homework. They're helping kids that each of the classrooms my kids are in have AIDS now. Um, You know, so they're getting, I think they're getting more support today than they would have been getting two years ago in the classroom. And that's amazing to hear when those type of things are happening. You know, there's a lot of um, like differences among districts and regions, right? And not even just in California, but in the nation. Um, I think that there's definitely like money for um, extra supports, but I always like keep in mind that um, like the teachers are exhausted. So during this time, like they were teaching, I mean, now you know the masks are optional, but previous to today, they were teaching five to six periods a day in a mask. Like if you've never tried that, <laughs> try it, like try engaging 195 like that's what my high school is at you know the the teachers get 195 students a day teach them for five periods in a mask and then tell me like if you're really going to be up for doing anything extra after that right like they're exhausted I can I can 100% relate to that uh shooting weddings for eight hours in a mask is exhausting I mean because I have to be just like them I have to communicate with my people I have to be on it I can't right ever like stop being hype you know like it's it is freaking exhausting and I am not here for it like the moment that they told me I did not have to wear a mask at a wedding I was like hallelujah (laughs) and then on top of that having to deal with all of these social emotional issues with the kids yes and it's not just the social like emotional issues it's also the level of just like maturity and behaviors that we're seeing as well, because you think about like, um, I have a freshman right now. And so the last time that she was in like, you know, normal school was in seventh grade. And um, then she 
skipped ahead to high school. <laughs> it's like, okay, now assimilate into high school when there's a lot of important growth that happens in those middle school years. So we definitely see it with the way that they act. Yeah. So I have the same, I have a freshman now too. So it was very interesting. Um, and it still, still trips me out to even say that they spent like half of seventh grade and all of eighth grade at home. Right. Right. Luckily we had, um, the option to go back hybrid. So, Mm -hmm. but there was still a ton of learning loss and it's very apparent now. I mean, for all of the kids really, um, especially when it comes to math and reading. Um, so it's just crazy to me. Um, Absolutely. How much crap these kids have had to deal with for the last couple of years. And now just what's going to become of the next couple of years mm-hmm. as we try to like fill in the gaps and, you know, crush all the holes. And it's like, just, it sounds awful to me. <laughs> I don't know how you're doing it and still with a smile on your face. Um, I mean, obviously I, I'm here for the kids, you know, like I still do find a lot of joy in what I do, even though, I mean, I, it's just I've never experienced anything like this or this level of just tiredness. Um, but there, there will be a good amount of educators that leave like after this school year, I know that they will, they'll either retire early or they're just finding different things to do. Um, because again, like it, it goes district to district, right. On your level of support and things like that. And so if they don't feel like they're being supported, I don't, um, see them sticking around. Oh, that's scary. Um, yeah, I, I can, I definitely feel that already. I mean, we already are having such a sub sub problem as it is. So I can imagine it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And I guess that's probably true for, well, hopefully it's already at its worst for our kids. I don't want to say it's going to get any worse. I'm going to, I'm going to, I mean, that's, that's what we can hope, right? Like um, with my, the other counselors on my team, like we talk about different supports that are being put into place during this time. And we're like, these supports are going to be needed for, like a number of years, like we can't just end them at the end of the school year and think like, okay, everything's back to normal next year. Um, so, you know, there's even like laws that have been passed to support kids because of like, you know, the credits that were lost and things like that. Um, and so that will go on a year by year basis, but they're going to like, in my opinion, they're going to need to be extended because if not, like, we're just going to see the effects of it. Yeah, sucks. So how do you think we can support our kids going forward now best? Um, I think a lot of it, again, like, I think it starts at home, you know, like, it's the conversations that the they're hearing us have. So I mean, like, what are they hearing the adults in their life? Are the adults in their life anxious? Are the adults in their life just minimize everything that's going on? And so they're going to absorb those types of things that they're hearing. And so I think um, just keeping that in mind, right? Like if you have very polarized types of views, like kids pick up on that kind of stuff. And so um, I think we, we start 
with that kind of dialogue of, um, you know, supporting them and also just having open, honest conversations with them, right? Like talking with them about school, um, their new, I guess, normal, for lack of a better word. And like, how do they feel that they can be supported? So giving them a chance um, age appropriately, you know, to have a voice in things, I think is very important. And what do you think? So I've got a senior now and we're in the thick of college application nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard, you know, I've heard from a number of parents that had kids who have gone away to college, particularly this year, um, and have had horrible anxiety and um, just major issues with the transition from high school to college. So right. what, what do you say to those college seniors that are getting ready to graduate? how to make the transition a little smoother. Um, I think it's like figuring out what works best for them and for the family. Right. And so some of them just aren't going to be ready to go away yet. Um, and that's okay. Like if that's not where they're at right now, like there's nothing wrong with community college. Like there's nothing wrong with staying home for another year or two years before they start to make that transition away. And during that time, they could even like start to kind of um, open up like that independence right because it's it's different like once you're in college compared to high school um but i would say like if they're not ready they're just not ready like it's okay to not like it's okay to not do that and sometimes i'm like am i really saying this because i feel like before the pandemic i was very like you know like if they're capable like push them and you know like it's so good for them but I think people's priorities have just really changed, you know, and then being at home for this long, like some of them just are not ready, but if they are ready, I would say then embrace that as a parent, right? Like um, a lot of times it's, it's really like do the visits, um, see what the life would be like, like really map things out for them because a lot of times that anxiety is coming from the unknown, right? And it's coming from the unknown for the parents as well. Um, so like I have two that are in college age, um, and one is a senior and he has been at home the whole entire time, lived at home and commuted. And then I have one that's a sophomore and she did one year at community college and then transferred and she lives at college now. Um, so she did experience that home sickness, but I think it's just being there, being supportive um, towards them and really, um, talking with them, like where the, if there is anxiety, where is it coming from? Is it from the unknown or is it just you know, like you don't know how to be away from mom and dad, which is very normal. Yes. And community college is fantastic and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And well, and here in California, it's free for the first two years, regardless of your income level. So yes. I've been encouraging yeah. my kids, the, the senior, not so much, but she has her own path, but the other two, I'm like, Community college is great. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Live yeah, with mommy cool. forever. <laughs> a little harder to, to tell them to go to community college when they're like, by the way, I was an honors student and exactly. straight. And why did I work that hard just to go to community college? Yes. Like, not- yeah. So actually my oldest son, um, that kind of sounds like what he told us when he was a freshman. So he got really good grades and got accepted to universities and then ultimately as a family we just decided on community college and he's like why did I work so hard 
Like I just ended up at community college, like everyone else. And I was like, but look, you're very successful at community college. And he was able to get in and out in two years with two associate's degrees. So I'm like, even though it's community college, those honor level classes and all those things, they will prepare you to be um, like hyper-focused while you're there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's all, it's all kind of relative. You all, you end up with the same thing. So it's kind of like, it doesn't matter where you start, just as matters that you finish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, I don't even know. I mean, we could talk, I could talk to you more about social media all day long and how how much I hate it and how it is destroying our children, but I won't go there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I definitely think there has to be like the limits there. Right. Yeah, for sure. The technology is like the kids can use it. There's a lot of great things that come from it, but then there's a lot of scary things as well. And kids are just like becoming more and more absorbed with it. Um, I even see it like, you know, I was mentioning that we're meeting with students like individually to go over schedules for the next year, like the lack of eye contact. (laughs) It's like, hello, I'm right here. Can you look at me? I'm talking to you. Um, And I think a lot of that comes from just them being on their phone so much. Yeah. They forgot the human contact, the human interaction portion. We've actually, I just had a whole conversation with our pediatrician about that. It's a, well, she thinks, I don't know, my kids, she thinks it's an anxiety thing when you can't look people directly in the eye. I'm like, oh, okay. That's new. That's, that's part of it. I'm sh- <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that this time did not help that. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like even last year, like I'm thinking about last year when we did all of those individual meetings via um, Google meets, this, it would be like, the counselor and just the student in the Google meet and they would not turn on their camera. Mm-hmm. And some of them wouldn't even talk. And I'm, and I would tell them like, it's only you and I on, on here. Like you can, you know, come um, off of mute and stuff. And they would just chat. Yeah. Um, for us, there was a safety issue with that. And that's why my kids did it. But um, yeah, I, I did. I noticed that with other kids that there was like absolutely no reason for it. And they would just have blank screens like that. I think that was one of like the hard parts for teachers during that time was like, you can't even see your students. Like, right. You're teaching like 39 black boxes. <laughs> yeah. You're basically talking to yourself. Down to an abyss basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I hope we never go back to that again. I was just going to say like, oh my God, please don't. I think there's enough data now coming out of how harmful it was that we, we went there that hopefully it will not ever happen again. I mean, mean, there's, there's so much data coming out now of how terribly we messed up that whole situation that it, and especially when the benchmarks come out, I mean, we all know they're not going to be where they should be. No. You know, you might have the outliers that do really well. But for the most part, we're going to work. Those numbers are not going to be anywhere near where California wants to see them. Yeah, no, not at all. And also, I mean, like just sit, like sitting with students and looking at transcripts, like some did well on the online learning. Um, it's not very many of them. Um, the majority of them did not do well. Um, but like some got straight A's and it just like that situation just worked for them. Like 
maybe at school they they're too distracted you know mm-hmm. and so like depending on the district there are still quite a few students that are on online learning like I know in my school district we have 2,000 students who are still doing online learning just because that's their family's choice yep they just capped our program out like nobody can even join it anymore it's, it's completely capped out yeah. yeah, I think ours was too, but I think we only had like a thousand kids that were even accepted because we didn't have enough teachers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's part of the issue as well is you have such a high demand, but um, like things don't fit in perfect little boxes. Right. So it's not like, oh, okay. One whole class from this elementary transferred <laughs> into the online program. So let's move like one teacher, like it's like pockets. So you'll have you know, 15 students from this school and 25 from that school. So I'm sure it's very challenging for the um, people that have to work out those details. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So unless there's anything else you would like to share with us today, we're going to jump into hot seat. Okay. Sounds good. Did you answer these last time you were on? Um, I I did, but I, I think you different questions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I changed them. So first question, what's your go-to song on karaoke night? I don't know. I don't think I should even be singing anything on karaoke night. That's the point. Exactly. You can go sing as loud and proud as you can, and it doesn't matter. Uh, the people around me would not say that. <laughs> I would be like, can you give the mic to someone else? Oh my god! Um, I think I don't know. I would probably just do something from like the eighties or the nineties or something. That the lyrics are easy. Okay, you know, what's the song? 80s. What's the eighties song that you sing in the shower? Again, I don't sing in the shower. <laughs> oh my god! Are you really that bad? Hey, never mind. No singing. Switching. Oh, my <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. I think the problem is, is I think I have like a good voice. But then when I sing, they're like, don't sing, mom, please. <laughs> Sounds horrible. Well, it's also your kids too. And they think you, you know, yeah. all the kids think you're a terrible singer. Or, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, mom, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> For sure. Okay. I hope you're not allergic to eggs because this next question really matters to Audra. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, how do you like your eggs? Hard boiled. Yes. And, <laughs> I love typically you. just like the egg whites only. I don't typically eat um, the yolk of eggs. So just hard boiled egg whites. It's my girl. We recently, prep them at the beginning of the week. It's so easy. We were recently told that peanut butter is good in egg whites, hard boiled egg whites. You should oh, see no, Shannon's face right that. now, everyone. And quite literally... Christian is sitting next to me right now and he's like, yes, yes, it is. You have to try it. Um, I, I think so I'll pass so on that one. Did you guys try it yet? No, I haven't. I've not tried it, but the 13 year old is telling me that it's delicious. I believe the kids all saw like this on TikTok, right? Probably. No, my kids actually had it at school. Like they're serving that for school lunch? I don't, not, not for school lunch. Like somebody brought it to a party or something. What the? And they all had it at school. And they said it's delicious. Is it creamy or crunchy? Wait, did we talk about this? I don't think time? it matters. But I think that the person that told us about it, it, it was creamy. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass on that. 
<laughs> I'll just take your son's word for it. Okay. I think that that's Good. better than the pickle face. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we really should um, record these live. A whole <laughs> podcast on just food. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. This one you should have really good answers to. So I'm very curious. What's the best self-help book you've read? Oh, I would say like, I like anything by um, Brene Brown. So I just love her. Like she's probably one of my most favorite authors. Um, she just speaks so many truths. So anything by Brene Brown. And then what are you currently reading? I am reading, I believe it's called The Deepest Well. Um, Dr. Nadine Burke, I think is her last name. Hmm. So it's um, it's a pretty heavy book on um, like the long-term effects of childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's a certain thing called ACEs, which is adver- like adverse childhood experience, um, survey. Anybody can just Google it. It's 10 questions. And it basically asks you if you've experienced, um, any of those 10 things before you turn 18. And so, um, the higher your ACEs score is, unfortunately, the more likelihood that you will have some type of health issues. So unfortunately, a lot of our students in our um, district, I'm sure they have very high ACEs ACE scores. Um, and so just really like navigating through when you are living through like complex trauma, right? And but we say, hey, show up to school every day, and perform, do all these great things. It's like, how do you do that when your basic needs are, you know, not even being met? So I'm learning a lot about that book and I highly recommend it to anyone that is just interested in learning about that stuff. This is fascinating because now I'm looking up this quiz like I need to I need to know more about this and take it myself. That's really yeah. cool. Who's it? Who's the author? Um Dr. Nadine Burke. Okay, thanks. So she's actually from the Bay Area. Um she did a lot of um a lot of work on just like getting um the supports needed for for kids like primary age children that need that type of support because they have high ACE scores. That's why that name sounds familiar. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. It's like, that sounds really familiar for some reason. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and side note, how's your hubby? Um, he's doing pretty well. Um, I don't even know if I had shared this with you, but he was injured um, before the summer happened. Um, they had a call and he, he um, got, injury to his knee but he is completely healed now thank goodness oh my gosh um yeah so he was on like he was just off duty um for i don't i think it was like six weeks or so then went to light duty and you guys know what that's like them not being able to work and then sitting at a desk job oh boy (laughs) yeah i was very ready for him to go back (laughs) but um he's he's doing very well he's actually um doing some work within his department on um just firefighter wellness um and so he's very passionate about those type of things and just really um trying to bring more awareness to um like ptsd ptsi type of stuff and um what is the what is that term for like that group when they peer support yeah so it's doing well though 
Nice. All right, Shannon, we want to thank you again for being on the show and offering us insight in the world of our kids. If you're interested in following Shannon on Instagram, you can find her at at school counselor on fire. And if you like the show today, there will be another one next Wednesday and the Wednesday after that and after that. And we'd love it if you leave a positive review for us on Apple Podcasts or any of the listening apps that you use. Thanks, Shannon. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Find us on social media at Dear Chiefs Podcast and online at DearChiefs.com. Tune in weekly for the 25,000 foot view of loving a first responder. Audra and Chelsea, over and out. (laughs) 